Well, listen, this morning, um, I've asked one of our brothers in the Lord here, James Pittman, is going to be sharing the word with us today. Uh, yeah, at least somebody's excited for you, James. Uh, and um, <laughs> this is James' first time to share uh, with us on a Sunday. He, he helps, uh, helps co-lead our, our Sunday morning prayer rallies at 10. Obviously, he serves in a few different capacities in the, uh, behind the scenes, but the Lord is calling him out to get in front of people as well. Uh, but it's his character uh, that God has built in him that's created this opportunity. And so I'm thankful for what God's done in his life. He's been involved in a leadership and eldership training program with me personally over the last year. and going to continue to do that. But I'm excited for James and the calling on his life. And the Lord's given him a word to share with us today. So would you help me welcome our dear brother, a man who encourages people from the heart, James Pittman. I'm going to try to live up to that introduction. We'll see. Uh, so I'm James, if you don't know me, uh, normally I am wearing a t-shirt and shorts and flip-flops and serve in the back, and my wife informed me that the anointing probably wouldn't rest on me unless my shirt was tucked in, so <laughs> here I am. Um, a little about myself, uh, about two years ago, the Lord touched me right about there. Um, we had just started coming to this church for the first time, uh, with any confidence, I felt like I was supposed to get prayed for. And uh, I encountered the Lord in a strong way and, the, and un- started to understand the love he had for me. And that's what I want to talk to you all about. I, I don't have a pastoral background. I'm a, I've been in healthcare for 12 years. I'm a paramedic by trade. And uh, before two years ago, I didn't have true relationship with Jesus. I've, I was saved when I was eight. The Lord reaffirmed that for me. I, I prayed a prayer because I was scared and I didn't want to go to hell. Uh, and I grew up in a Southern Baptist church. And the Lord has been slowly wooing me back to him until, these, until that moment over there. Before then, I was, I was full of hate. My heart was callous and apathetic. I was addicted to pornography and my life was about me. My actions, sometimes I was trying to show and, and work out my own goodness and show that I was good, but uh, it was all in my own strength. And the Lord um, began to show me that from here, that he wanted to heal me and he wanted to do all the work. He just wanted me to be in relationship with him. So I say that this is, the, this is the path I took to get where I am. And it's a process. Some, some things are quick and literally overnight. And lots of things have just led up over the past two years to this moment. So the main, the main text where we're going to be at is Matthew 12, uh, 33 through 37. Um, most of this scripture is going to be out of the New Living Translation. Uh, We'll start there. A tree is identified by its fruit. If a tree is good, the fruit will be good. If a tree is bad, its fruit will be bad. You brood of snakes. How would you like to be called that by Jesus? How could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For for whatever is in your heart determines what you say. 
A good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. And I tell you this, you must give an account on judgment day for every idle word you speak. The words you say will either acquit you or condemn you. Um, Right there, the the Pharisees, Jesus is just in Matthew, and I think he said this several times to them. Um, He's just healed a man that was possessed by a demon. He's, He's... delivered him. He was a, he was a deaf mute or a blind mute, either one of them. And, he, and the Pharisees saw that and were like, well, he can do that because he's empowered by Satan. And I'm, this is the face they were probably making. Uh, I, I like to imagine Jesus every time he has to talk back to the Pharisees that it's like talking to a two-year-old that won't listen to you like mine, where you're just like... <laughs> and he's like, no. And then he goes on this long diatribe to, to include that section there. The, the emphasis I want to, uh, well, let's pray real quick and then we'll jump, we'll jump into this. Father, thank you for the opportunity to deliver your word. Father, I pray that your words would come forth, not my own, then that they would rest on the hearts that you have called to receive it. I ask for wisdom in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So there's, the verse 35 is, is, is where the emphasis is today. A good person produces good, or excuse me, a good person produces good things from the treasury of a good heart, and an evil person produces evil things from the treasury of an evil heart. So the principle to understand here, and we're going to walk through, and I'm going to parallel what went on in my life and how God started to unfold this truth to show me how he was, he was changing me, is your heart is a treasury. It's where we store things of value. The heart is the core of who you are, and it, and, it, and it defines you. It's part of your identity. So if we look over in Matthew 6, 19 through 21, it says, Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, There the desires of your heart will be also. So the the point here is to say your heart is a treasury. The treasures you, you, the things you treasure are in your heart. They're part of who you are. The second part of this is there is a pathway to that treasury. It's through your eyes and your ears. In Matthew 6, 22 and 23, your eye is a lamp that provides light to your body. Where your eye is healthy, your whole body is filled with light. But where your eye is unhealthy, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Over in Mark chapter 4, this is the New American Standard Version. And he, Jesus, was saying to them, take care what you listen to. By your standard of measure, it will be measured to you, and more will be given to you besides. So the pathway, what we take in in our eyes and in our ears, affects our treasury. And now for me, walking pre-encounter with Jesus, my addictions and my callousness from dealing with people in healthcare, those were all things that were manifesting in here. Uh, 
when, when you take, you're, you're taking things in whether you think you are or not. I thought I was a pretty good person. I, I was going to church. I was tithing. I was participating in service. Uh, I was serving in a role in our old church. But my heart was not in those things. Does that make sense? I was, I was, I was checking boxes. And that, that's what I can relate to. And if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep that darkness is. Because um, I thought I had some, and I didn't, and I was deceived. And it takes Jesus to illuminate some of that. So we'll keep going. So your heart's a treasury. Stuff goes in your treasury through your eyes and through your ears. And what comes out of your treasury are words and actions, identity, perspective, who you are is manifest out of what you plant there, what you choose to put in here. So what comes out is evidence of what we, we devote ourselves to. So in Matthew 12, 34, which was part of that main text, you brood of snakes, never want to be called that, how could evil men like you speak what is good and right? For whatever is in your heart determines what you say. So Jesus is telling them, they probably didn't get it, that you're speaking evil because evil's in you. For me, in my eyes were taking in lustful things. So my heart was lustful. So my perspective was lustful. Women were objectified. Things were, were self-gratification driven. It was about self. It was about pleasure. It was not about relationship and this manifested in our marriage we thought I always thought we had a pretty decent marriage we we were were calm people Megan and I generally and and we talked to each other but this was always this giant elephant in the room and we just ignored it and when we ignore I, I get, I'm pretty sure ignoring it waters the seed uh, and it would just grow and grow and twist and grow and so out of, out of that hatred I had, out of that callousness and not, and I say callousness and apathy, those are the right words, that manifested in my care for patience. If you weren't sick and you were calling me, if you were acting lost in a lost world, because lost people act lost, surprise, uh, judgment came from me, from my mouth, from my heart, my perspective uh, I defined people as worthy or worthless. If you contributed to society, you were worthy. You were worth something. If you didn't, by your choices, because you, know, you got yourself into that mess, good luck digging yourself out, uh, that, was, that callousness and apathy made me celebrate deaths of certain people, certain people we dealt with regularly. Um, and that was, that was the world in me manifesting in my perspectives, my thoughts, my actions, how I treated people, how I viewed people. Good news, Jesus changed it. Um, so out of the treasury comes identity, words, and actions. And that fruit, that tree, is born of process. There are some things that if you put in right now will come out right now. But most of the time, the fruit we bear has, for better or worse, been grown, tended to, and watered by whatever we're depositing in it. 
So in, in, my, in my lostness, in my, in my prodigal son time, this is such a timely thing to say, I relate so much to it. Um, I would go to church, we would have church. I wasn't engaged and I wasn't in relationship on, outside of church. So whenever I, when I was doing whatever I wanted to, it was listen to whatever kind of music. I, I enjoyed the gangster rap. And thankfully, the, the, the young people here, I say young people, I'm still young. The youth have introduced me to that good spirit-filled rap music, so good. Um, but just taking in whatever TV show, uh, obviously my addiction manifested with what I looked at on the internet, what I sought out out of whatever mindless app you're perusing on your phone. There was no filter. It was just take in whatever, take in whatever. I'm going to go to church. I'm good. Take in whatever. And so all these things, these seeds were getting watered, were growing, and were spreading in me. So the core truth, the thing I want you to, to hear out of this whole thing, if you just go to sleep right after this, it's fine, that we are vessels by design. We are temples, the, the temples for the Holy Spirit. The Bible often refers to us as vessels. Uh, you, you, in the New Testament, you hear about we're, we're fragile jars of clay that the, that the maker is molding. You will be filled with something. Good or bad, you will be filled because you were designed to be filled. So if you don't filter or you don't, you're not intentional about relationship with Jesus, these things just go in. These, these, you may, or another area of my life was politi politics. I was a very argumentative and I had to be right kind of person. Uh, and that's what, that was a product of taking in only those things. If you're, if it's like Facebook is a political echo chamber. Can I get an amen? Yeah. Um, if, if all you're doing is listening to somebody that has one opinion and then everyone else reinforcing that opinion, that just becomes yours and comes out as yours. And it was not uncommon for me to just debate people till I was red in the face whether I was right or wrong because I was going to be right. And the Lord freed me from the need to be right. That's a thing. Spouses, don't hit your other spouse. Don't nudge them. Um, it's, it's so, so, surpri I say surprising, like a lot of this is in hindsight where I'm, where I'm able to look back and go, I was like that. Um, but the good news is Jesus can heal all of this. That's the good news. His, his death and resurrection reconnect us to the Father and, the, and God in his infinite goodness wants to change you. And he doesn't want you to do anything about it. He doesn't want you to try and make it happen. He wants to do it. So we were, where were we? We're vessels that are going to be filled. And if we don't fill ourselves with Jesus, the world will fill us by default. Um, in Matthew 12, 30, uh, it says, Anyone who isn't with me opposes me. This is Jesus speaking. And anyone who isn't working with me 
is actually working against me. A, what he's talking about is if we're not in relationship with Jesus and walking in whatever he has for us, the, the world, we're walking in the world. If we're not with Jesus, we're with the world because that's what fill, we're going to be filled by default. And if we're not seeking the Lord in relationship, the world just comes in. Or think of a container you, you sink up under in, in the sink filled with water. Water's just going to pour in. If we're not filling ourselves with Christ, the world's going to fill us and we're going to be, we're going to be working in the opposite direction. It's automatic. So in Matthew 6, 24, did I write that one down? Yep. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and be enslaved to money. So that's where I was. So I was, we're talking about, you're usually in three places, one of three places with Jesus. You're either none of Jesus, all world, got a foot in, got a foot out, half in, half out, or you're all Jesus. Now I'm not saying that sometimes we don't sway into one or the other, but half-heartedness is rebellion. Half-heartedness is the world. Uh, that's where I was. I was, I was half-hearted. I love Jesus. I talked at Jesus, and I talked to him about my problems, but there was no, there was no dialogue. It was not a two-way street, and I served myself and my, and my addiction and all of the things that I, the plans I had made, um, selfish ambition. And so that's where the scripture holds, holds true. You'll either love one, and it talks about money, but this is about anything you put above God or with God, whatever becomes your master. Um, you'll love one and despise the other. You'll, you'll be devoted to one and not the other. And that's where I was, is when I, was, I, would, I would seek the things I wanted to, and then I would be frustrated in church. I would just not want to be there. Or when, when there would be times for, for uh, sacrifice or service, it was an inconvenience. Um, and my heart was, my heart was serving, was picking one at different times, one or the other, but you're going to pick one. It's not both at the same time. So I had the encounter with the Lord over here. Jeremy and Greg Evans prayed for me. I tell Greg Evans, it's a big red bearded guy from South Africa. I always tell him when he comes back that he was a vessel that helped change my life. Um, so I encountered the Lord and I didn't know what to do. I'd had this experience. I'd been filled. I'd felt, I'd felt God's tangible love. And I didn't know what to do. And I knew something had to change. Um, I had just, at the time, Isla was almost one, and or was one. I don't know. Um, and I needed to be a good father to my daughter. Uh, I needed to be a good husband to my wife, and I needed to be a legitimate follower of Jesus. So I did the only thing I knew to do, which was sit down, pray, and read the Bible. Uh, I should also note, this is, a, this is a, a time of turmoil in my life. Like, right as all this happened, I got fired from the job that that I had worked several years to get, that I was like, going to retire from this thing. It's set. Fired. Um, <laughs> in, in that first two weeks after we, I got fired, we got pregnant. Um, 
Isla had just had tubes put in her ears. So we had that surgery and, and bills. And then Megan was working three part-time jobs. And uh, the Lord told me um, in, my, in my early on seeking, I was like, okay, I'm not going to do my own job. I'm going to do whatever you want me to do. And, and the Lord said, okay, wait. <laughs> just chill out. I was like, all right. Um, oh, okay. Um, and that was not necessarily always peaceful with, um, with Megan or those around me or myself. So what do you do when you get told to wait? You sit still and you know he's Lord. And I didn't know about relationship. Uh, part of that introduction to relationship was through, uh, I'm going to give Jeremy Calhoun a shout out. He, uh, we'd started to come to small group and he kept nudging me about looking at Todd White. I don't know if you know who Todd White is. He's a, if you don't, just YouTube him. I'm not going to be able to describe him. Um, he uh, just radically changed. And, uh, and I started listening to some of those messages and, I, and I'm like, okay, the spirit wants to change me in relationship. He wants to change me through relationship. So I sat down and I started reading. And, and guys, I didn't have a plan. I didn't have a plan for any of this. I sat down, I literally, the first day I sat down in what was in our office, or what we used as an office, our spare bedroom. And I opened this, and I was like, okay, Lord, you said talk to you and read this. So here we go. And that's what I did. The change, the the. The difference in that time and times before in praying was that I was, I was being vulnerable. I was trying to be authentic. I wasn't praying what I thought God wanted to hear. I was just talking to my dad. And there was no, you know, the heavens didn't open and an angel come down and touch me the first time or anything. But every day in that time, I was intentional about locking myself in that room, opening this word, and talking to God, and then just believing what he said in here. And out of that, I started to change without me doing anything. And I didn't, it was, a lot of it was hindsight, but my addiction to pornography was lifted fairly quickly. Like, within a, I, I give it a week, but I really say in the first few days, one day I realized I didn't desire it. This is something I had for 15 years. And, and I'm looking at, like, I remembered I was sitting in the living room and I was, like, and I was looking at the word on my phone. And um, I, just, I, rem I just, I thought about it and I was like, in the last day I haven't thought about it. And I was like, this is weird. And as I kept going, the, the first place the Lord ever spoke to me in Scripture was over in John um, 16 or 17, 16, I think, um, where he talks about pruning. And he's like, you'll be pruned by my word. So as I was in his word, everything that wasn't fruitful was getting cut out. And I just I sat there and cried for like five minutes, but... Um, that, that fruit that was born of that process of, of feeding the world into the treasury of my heart was being lifted because the Lord, who is greater than he who is in the world, 
was in there cleaning it out. Just because I was hanging out with them, it was a byproduct. I was taking in the word in my eyes. I was listening to his word. I was listening to, to, to pure messages. I was, I was filtering out the world, and my desires began to change. Um, in Proverbs 4.23, it says, Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. So those things we put in us change our direction and our course with where we're going. And the Lord calls us to filter those things. The beauty is the Holy Spirit in relationship is our automatic filter. He's, the, he's our counselor and our keeper. He's the one that's keeping us as we walk through to say, hey, 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 hey. let's not look at that. Or why are you participating in this conversation why are you listening to this conversation? Why are you watching this on whatever media you use to watch things? Why are you hanging out with this group of people right now? If we allow the world in unfiltered, we will alter the course of our lives for what the world wants. And the, the guy down here in charge of the world is the devil. So if you want to do it, doing just open your heart up unfiltered and just pour in whatever you want to and don't be surprised when you come out and things aren't going the way you thought they would be going it kind of correlates with jeremy's message last week it's like god wants to work for your good if you're living for him if you're taking things in for him he can't help you if he's not present in there to help you um He's, he's very faithful in that. So we've talked about all the things you shouldn't do. Don't let this stuff in unfiltered. It'll change you for the bad. It'll do all these bad things. But the core, at the core of all this is relationship with Jesus, of active, genuine relationship through prayer and reading of the Word transforms us and molds us into Christ's image. And that's when I, active and genuine relationship. It's not a box to be checked. It's not, I read one chapter in my Bible today, me and Jesus are good. Uh, it's it's like, you, you, like you were speaking to a person. You're, you're giving and also receiving. It's a two-way street. Um, and if, you don't, if you're not familiar with that voice, I wasn't when I started, you have to learn it. But you learn about the author in here. You learn about him in here. What he's like. What he calls you. What he, what he sees when he looks at you. He says he looks at me and he sees Jesus. And when you start to embrace that truth, it just breaks all kinds of chains off of you. You're not condemned. You're loved. And he desperately wants to speak to you, to love on you, to be with you. He wants to be involved in every minute detail because he's your dad. And he wants, to, he wants to watch you grow up. He wants to spend time with you as you grow up. And he, wants, he, he knows exactly what you're called for and wants to grow you into that. And the ultimate self-satisfaction, the ultimate fulfillment lies in the, pers- in the purpose he has for your life. So a few pieces of scripture that talk about um, how relationship changes us. Psalms 119, 9-11. How can a young person stay pure? That was a question I asked. 
By obeying your word, I have tried hard to find you. Don't let me wander from your commands. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. If we put this in here, builds that. We, become, we can become Jesus-focused, not sin-focused. Not, look at this problem, look at this problem, look at this problem. It's the problem comes through, and we're like, man, I know the dude that has the solution. It may not be what I want it to be, but he's got it. He's going to see me through. And, and also, you're not giving attention to the devil as he comes through with his problem. You get to laugh at him like, that's cool. That's a, that's a funny weapon you formed against me, bro. It ain't going to prosper. Uh, still in Psalms 119, uh, verse 111. The laws are my treasure. They are my heart's delight. Fill yourself with this. I can't tell you how many times I've been in some weird part of the Bible, numbers. You're reading a list of names. So-and-so begot so-and-so begot so-and-so. And then the Lord's presence is just on it. And you're just like, I don't know why this is so good. I can't pronounce any of these words, but thank you, Lord. No, there's no grand revelation. There's just the Lord with you, hanging out with you while you're reading in this obscure Deuteronomy chapter whatever. But he does because he's so happy. You're in relationship right here. This grounds us. This is the truth. So when you encounter something that disagrees with that because it's in your heart, the Holy Spirit's like, hey, this is what the Bible says. And you're like, shh, shh. I'm going to go over here. I'm not going to participate in that. He drags me out of conversations a lot. I don't know if y'all participate in, in what uh, in the, it would be called like the conversation at the water cooler, but like in EMS, it's just, we all just get together and complain about things. That's kind of, that's kind of the <laughs> M.O. Like, well, you know, it wouldn't be like that if, if, if somebody was in charge, the world would be perfect or something. Um, and the Lord often convicts me. In the middle of that, I begin to try and speak, try and speak life into it. And he's like, bro, bro, just abandon ship. Let's go in the other room. Ain't none of that. Ain't none of that productive. He does. And I'm like, okay, Lord, I'll do that. That's better. 2 Timothy 1.14, through the power of the Holy Spirit who lives within us, carefully guard, your, carefully guard the precious truth that has been entrusted to you. So as we receive those things in relationship, as God shows us who we are, what we're called to do, what we're called not to do, the Holy Spirit guards our hearts. He's the front man as you take in that late night TV or whatever Netflix show you watch. And He's the one that when you start watching whatever it is, gives you a nudge or maybe amps up your heart rate a little bit and says, hey, you could be putting something better in there. Let's not, let's not put this in there or let's not participate or let's not let this influence us. This is who you are. This is who you've called to be. And it's always encouraging. It's, not a, it's never condemnation. He's not coming to say, look at how bad you are, hammer fist you and say, this is why, you know, I'm so disappointed that you're right here. He, now, he always whispers. He's like, is this who I've called you to be? Is this building on what I've called you to do? Yeah. 
Philippians 2.13, for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. No work. That's what I read. In relationship, he fixes it. That's what he did in me. I started to love people again, like genuinely love people. It was a weird feeling to feel the transition. Like one day I was like, I care about people around me that I don't know. It was very strange. We often had, a, had our, own, my, my own little micro circle of friends. We just high-fived and hated everybody and just judged people. I mean, that's, that's, that's how it was. And, and as I was in the Word, without any kind of intentional prayer, just talking to God, just reading His Word and being like, man, you really think this stuff? That's cool. Uh, and learning more about Him. All of a sudden, I, I would look at somebody that I would normally have judged right off based on their appearance. And I'm like, oh... All of a sudden, there was consideration and compassion for them where there, there had not been before. Um, my, my viewpoint for women, uh, instead of one day I noticed that he was doing it, I, 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 um, instead of looking at a woman's features, I was immediate. Anytime I noticed a woman, I was drawn to her face. And I, like, automatically. And I was like, okay, Lord, I'm in. Uh, and he, and he began to change, like, like I said, all the desires in me for whatever. Like I'd lost taste for, um, and you, this, is, this is not me judging anybody. I used to just love Saturday Night Live. I mean, you can still love it. It's not, it's not a sin. Um, but that, that, that kind of humor was, was where I was. That was my sense of humor. Um, crass, witty, sarcastic, dry humor was, was what I related to. It was what came out of me. And... Um, as the Lord began to change things in me, all of a sudden I was not near as witty as I used to be. I'd find myself with somebody would fire off a thing and I'd be like, eh. you're, you're mom. Uh, and I, and I, <laughs> that's really how it was. I, was like, I, I felt disarmed. I was like, oh no. Um, God's not against a sense of humor, but he's against you tearing somebody down with it. Um, and that's where it was. That's where my, that's where my humor was, was in, in, in tearing other people down. And, and, he was, and he was, as he walked, walking through relationship, he, all these desires changed to righteous desires. And it was only, only because I sought him in the word and in prayer regularly. I maintained a relationship, just like any one of you would with a friend. You, you just seek to spend time with them. And, it, and what if, if it's five minutes, an hour, two hours, 11 hours, 30 seconds. He wants to be with you throughout your day, not in that one hour. Not in the one hour you, you give to him. You're like, full of Jesus. Let's go out in the world. He's, he's, he's interacting with you throughout your day. First John 4. But you belong to God, my dear children. You have already won a victory over those people because the spirit who lives in you is greater than the spirit who lives in the world. So the good news is, if you have filled yourself with the world, greater is he than that spirit that's in the world. And as you begin to be intentional about watering that seed of righteousness, about bringing more Jesus in and cutting off the world, greater is he 
that he just pushes all of that out. It's like that visual aid you had a while back with the ping pong balls in the water. You just keep pouring that, pouring that living water in there and all that stuff just going to come out. So that's what I want to encourage you, is to understand that you're a vessel and you're going to be filled. And if you're not intentional in relationship, if you're not seeking Jesus, you're going to be, you're going to be half and half you're going to be filled with the world sometimes, and sometimes Jesus is going to simmer up a little bit. It's not going to go the way you want it to go. It's not going to go the way God's called you to be. He wants you to pour him into you, to take in these things. We can't walk in the lost world as, as light in darkness if the darkness we have in us is what we're calling the darkness in us light. We can't, it's not a half in, half out thing. It's all or nothing. If you're going to be effective in the kingdom, it has to be all. That doesn't mean we're not going to stumble. That doesn't mean we're not going to trip. That doesn't mean we're not going to have our times where we fail and make mistakes. But we're going to get back up and we're going to walk toward the king. Seek first the kingdom and everything, everything, not just your finances, not just your relationships, your perspectives, your hearts, your, de- your heart's desires, your, your whole being, he will make righteous he does the heavy lifting if you're struggling with something he wants to fix it all he wants you to do is give up just like gary was talking about man lord i've tried all these ways he's like okay like why don't you quit trying all right thomas and i had a conversation yesterday where he talked about we make lists and then at the bottom we we make the list one two three five six seven eight twenty and at the bottom, we say, Lord, sign right here. Here's this plan. Here's this plan we've made. It's great. Uh, it's the best plan. Uh, you should, d- don't even read it, just sign it. And the Lord's like, I mean, okay. Sometimes he'll let us walk off the cliff. He let me walk off the cliff because that's the only way I was going to learn. Uh, and other times, the right, time, the, the right way is to, is to sign the blank paper and give it to God. I mean, that's what we do, with our, that's what we do in, in, in a, the initial moments of our salvation is we give him our life. We, of, we often pray that. It's like, Lord, you can have my life, but do we mean it? Like, he wants all of it. He is a jealous God. He is jealous for us because he wants what is good for us. It's like a parent with children. You want so desperately for your three-year-old to do so well, but they keep not doing what you say. I'm not speaking from experience. <laughs> he wants to draw you in with his goodness, his love. And y'all, when you make this decision, if you've never made it before, if you've never said, Lord, all, all of it is yours, I'm going to start doing it. The enemy likes to bring a lot of stuff right up front. Likes to press back real strong. But when you hold on to Jesus and you just believe, seek first the kingdom, that fruit I'm going to put in, put in, I'm going to water the good, the good tree and produce good fruit. You just keep on and you endure. He's going to change every part of your life. He's changed mine. He will change yours. Y'all, I ain't a special spirit-filled, crazy, super Christian. I'm just a dude that took God at his word. And when I came back to him, there was so much grace. So much. And he just poured it out on me. So we're going to pray. We're going to wrap this thing up.
Father, we thank you so much that you don't require anything. You loved us first. You reconciled us to you. And Father, I just ask that you would make yourself known stronger in everyone's life. That they would begin to to experience that transformation in an area that's held them back, in 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 a place where a lie has held them captive. That they can't fix it. That it doesn't matter. This is who you are. That is not true in Jesus' name. You have called us to be sons and daughters. And I proclaim that to this body in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you all for having me.